What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Sideline Huddle Podcast. I am your host, Juan Blancarte, joined by my co-host, Luis Ramos. I uh, just got done watching Thursday Night Football, which we'll discuss a little bit of that later. Uh, first up for this episode, it's going to be a little bit different since now we're in season. Uh, we do want to apologize for being a little late with this episode. You know, sometimes life happens and sometimes your team stinks it up in week one and you just want to die. And uh, <laughs> you don't want to talk to anyone for a while. But uh, the way we're going to do t- uh, this week's episode, we're going to start off with some injury news. Um, we're not going to cover every single little injury, just some of the key ones that we feel are important. And then after that, like I said, we're going to do a recap of week one's games. Uh, Luis, how you feeling over there? I know you're still riding that high off of the Raiders win probably. Yeah, it's uh, I'm feeling great. No, I am. I am riding that high of, of the Raiders win. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit surprised. You know, I like to talk up the Raiders real good. And then once it's game time, I like to shit them down real good. <laughs> yeah, it's um, um for anyone listening, Luis is the type of guy who will like talk a big game and then it's like they they only gain one yard on first down. He's like, oh, it's over. Like they need to fire everybody. It's there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. overreactions over there on his side. Uh, of things. Way too many. But uh, ah man, it was great. It was a uh, it's a great win. Yeah, it was an exciting week one. I, uh, it, it, it was I think the best way to put it is it was a week one where we yeah. had no idea what the hell happened like it was just up and down yeah there was you could tell they needed preseason yeah we'll talk about that later uh, but I'm, we're, we're gonna get started with some injury news uh, at least feel free to chime in if you have anything to add on here um, so first one I got listed up here is Darius Geis uh, sophomore running back sophomore by sophomore I mean second year running back yeah just for anybody who's gonna be like man are you dumb uh, anyways, <laughs> second year running back for the Redskins, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, who actually missed all of last season with the torn ACL. Um, seems like he had, I don't know if he's had it already, but surgery on his meniscus and is scheduled to miss four to six weeks. Luis, any thoughts on that? Or uh, It's unfortunate. He's a, a running back coming out, coming out of LSU, was it last year, right? Uh, yes. Had yeah. He had some issues great. and then he got drafted in the second round, I think. Yeah, he had a lot of great promise, and uh, he's had the injury bug his first two years in the league, and it's unfortunate, but hopefully uh, Jay Gruden back. might, yeah, he might come back, and then uh, if not, we'll see if Jay Gruden finally activates uh, all day. Yeah, Peterson. yeah, that's interesting uh, that he was a healthy scratch. It's like, I mean, he's he was serviceable last year, and then, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, knowing Guy's injury history, you don't want to rush the guy back, um, so... We'll see. Maybe we'll see some Adrian Peterson. Uh, moving on, another unfortunate injury. Uh, Broncos right tackle Jawan James, I believe he's the second highest paid tackle in the league, just signed this past offseason. Um, is going to miss several weeks with a knee sprain suffered at the hands of those dirty Raiders. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Broncos needing all the help they can get on the old line. Uh, yeah. So any any thoughts on that, Luis? I know. Uh, yeah. Well, I was I was texting you. We were texting during the game and. I was telling you how it's unfortunate that the Broncos have the worst luck with the O-line. It seems that every year they try to bring in bigger players on that O-line, you know, try to strengthen it, but it just... Yeah. Something's it, wrong with that O-line, man. That something in Denver, it's just they all get hurt. They don't They don't pan out. So yeah, and then that's even there. with... Uh, I'll talk about this more later, but Munchak there, you know, who's supposed to be one of the best O-line coaches. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the backup, Elijah Wilkinson, stepped up and played uh, pretty well, so... We'll see. see how that goes. Uh, next up, uh, we were laughing at this one earlier. Uh, uh, Sam Darnold for the Jets unfortunately caught mono and is uh, <laughs> set to miss not only week one from the looks of it, but uh, the Jets are one of those unfortunate teams that have a, a week four bye week. 
Um, and it's looking like it's going to be a week five return. I think, Luis, we were talking a little bit about mono and how we were reading how is it like, you know, when you're kids, when you're younger, it's kind of funny to talk about because it's the kissing disease. Yeah. Uh, but as an adult, uh, from what we've been hearing, it sucks way, way worse. Yeah, it's, uh, they're saying that their biggest concern is him losing weight, that they don't want him. They're going to try to, I mean, obviously, when, the, when someone gets an illness and stuff, you can't, there's so much you could do, but... Uh, what the Jets are trying to do is trying to hopefully he doesn't lose as much weight to, to bring him back when he gets healthy. But uh, they're saying that he's already lost five pounds in this couple of days, so it's, yeah, no bueno. it's not looking good. No bueno, yeah, Sam Darnold. And uh, supposedly they have him quarantined in his apartment. Uh, obviously, it's the kissing disease, but it can, you know, saliva, sneezing, coughing, any of that type of contact you could have a chance of catching it maybe they can bring it back like in a bubble suit or something man uh uh, moving on tyreek hill god damn my fantasy team uh it's karma it's probably karma sterno uh i believe it's called the sternoclavicular joint injury um something with this clavicle it was it's a very rare injury that could be deadly in certain situations um, he's not going to go on IR, but uh, he's going to be out for about four to six weeks. Luis, any thoughts? Uh, actually, obviously, big shot to the the Chiefs. To the Chiefs, it hurts them, but you know, for us that are fanatics of the teams in the division, you know, you never, never, you know, wish that a player gets hurt. But when it's the Chiefs and they're in your division, this is good news. Especially it, when you got a it, It's good too. news, but you, 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 it's good news, obviously, because it's a. But it doesn't seem like it slowed them down at all. I mean, Sammy Watkins oh, yeah. still went off. But not only that, obviously, we won't want to be those people that are like cheering on injuries. Oh, yeah, um, no, you never want to see a player. Nice. Yeah, you never want to see a player get hurt. But I mean, Tyreek has a history, and you know, karma. Uh, yeah, some level of karma. He was kind of a troubled. Uh, he in college, he had a lot of trouble, and then obviously that tape came out where there might be some child abuse going on. Um, so and you know, a lot of people were upset too that the league didn't suspend him. Nothing. There's no no punishment for him. So yeah, it's like almost you like said, this is this is kind of like, this is karma coming back. And then this is karma also for me fantasy wise for picking him so early. So I mean, yeah. all, nothing in this world goes unpunished. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, another big one: Nick Foles, uh, broken collarbone. Uh, he, he was put on the IR, designated to return. But yeah, that's a pretty big blow to the the Jaguars. And of course, I had to turn to Gardner Minshew. We'll talk about his performance later. But Luis, immediate thoughts on Foles, broken collarbone. We saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers. He was never quite the same um, last season, anyways. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate for Nick Foles. Uh, you know, I was I was rooting for him. I was one of his fans rooting for him with the Jaguars and hoping for success for them and the Jaguars. But you know, injury the injury bug comes for comes for everybody, man. And it's unfortunate it got it got uh, falls, and uh, he might get falls. But we'll talk about that later. Yes, yes. All right. Moving on. Final injury of note: uh, another young player like Darius Geis, who just seems to have the injury bug early on in his career. Hunter Henry. Tight end for the Chargers, who always turns into a monster. And Madden is like a 99 overall. Uh, Tibia plateau fracture. No timetable for his return. Luis, of course, uh, the Chargers for a long time had uh, Antonio Gates there. And now they might have to bring him back again. Another one. Again. Another year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like we talked about this. It's just unfortunate. Uh, The injury bug got the whole division. But um, the Chargers, especially though, above. Oh yeah, the Chargers. I feel like the Chargers always get it every year. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, 
There's not much to say. It's just yeah. I mean, he he was sucks. coming off of back off last year. He missed with the torn ACL, and then he also had a lacerated spleen, I believe. And uh, now he's got this plateau like, fracture. Took what well, hasn't he hurt? Yeah, it's like he took a helmet to the knee. That sounds painful. Um, but yeah, Hunter Henry, the latest addition to the Chargers injuries. All right, moving on. We're gonna get started with the week one's recap of the games. Uh, first game Thursday night football, of course, Packers versus Bears. Packers win ten to three. Uh, very interesting first half. Both teams looked a little rough. Um, then Aaron Rodgers turned it on with one big drive. Uh, but at least looks like the the Bears defense is back. And not only that, but even more surprising, it looks like the Packers actually have a really good defense this season. Yeah, this is for me. I think this was by far one of the sloppiest game of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neither team really utilized their starters in the preseason, and I think uh, that was a big talking point after the game, how, uh, yeah, just that they, neither team used their starters in the preseason, and it showed on the field. You know, there was a lot of penalties. Uh, uh, Trubisky looked really, really rust, rusty and really off off his throws. And But, yeah, the Bears' defense looked great, and uh, the Packers' defense looked good too. It's just you know, we got to hold on a bit because we don't know if it's a product of the Bears' offense just looking really sloppy or the Bears, I mean, the Packers' defense just looking good. Yeah, um, going back to Trubisky, man, um, I mean, obviously, I don't like to shit on the guy, well, but, I mean, it's your third year. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's your third year, and you're still making rookie mistakes. Um, I was watching a video breaking down his performance, and it just, it's way worse than, like, you'll probably remember it when it's broken down into, like, you know, what really happened and what went down. Um, first off, he's finished yeah. 26 of 45 for 228 yards and an interception. Um, like we said, uh, we don't know how good the Packers defense is yet, so, but just some of the reads he was making, some of the throws. Um, and like I said, it's it's really sad because I think we I think what, what we told you is like with early overreaction is Trubisky not the guy in Chicago uh, yeah. because obviously they selected him very high overall I believe it was number two overall in uh, yeah in they dra- traded up to get him yeah in a draft class that had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and and you just know like if you plug in either of those two players into that offense on Thursday night they probably win I mean you hold Aaron Rodgers to ten points you probably win yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the Bears' defense, they're their, their job, I think, even more than what you could ask for. But then again, the Bears the Bears uh, didn't really help out Trubisky because Trubisky um, they really didn't utilize the running game. I mean, they had Terry Cohen back there and uh, was this other kid that the guy? Is it Mark, they they uh, were, the, the thing that really annoyed me was they were talking up David Montgomery for for good reason yeah. he's, he's he was a really good player in college and Matt Nagy was talking about how they were going to use him so much and how he's been electric and we were hearing a lot of good things in training camp and then mm-hmm. he comes in here and he gets just six carries and the majority of the work goes to Mike Davis like I really yeah, yeah I really don't understand that um, really bad play calling and then I mean it doesn't help like I said Trubisky hasn't been playing up to where he should be at this point I mean there's no reason he should be making the mistakes that he's making now and then uh, they were also a very, very bad weekend for them where it was like first and 40. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like a no, bunch yeah, of it was, yeah they, like I said, yeah, it was just it was just bad for them all uh, overall in offense. Yeah, and then yeah. something else that um, is pointed out too with the Bears is that uh, the way they're built right now, there's a lot of talent and they're built to win right now. Um, and it just sucks that the quarterback that they have might not be the guy. I mean, when you're, when you're asking your quarterback to throw for 45, 45. attempts... You're pretty much I, like, hey, dude, you're the franchise quarterback here. Like, we want you to carry this team, not manage this team. We want you to carry it. That's what you're pretty yeah. much saying when you let him throw 45 times. 
Yeah, and and for him not to, but he only had 228 yards. He threw the ball 45 times, only got 228 yards. Yeah. One interception and zero touchdowns. Like, yeah. I don't know. Bad. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, Matt Nagy and the Bears just pretty much hit the bed week one. Packers look good on defense. Um, we'll see how good the offense is because, like we said, it looked like the Bears' defense is pretty legit again. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do week two. Uh, next game, not too many notes on this one. Bills versus Jets. Um, the Bills were down 16-0 going into uh, halftime and came back and won it. Uh, Luis, any any thoughts on the Bills versus Jets? Um, no, just that you mentioned it. You know, the Bills came back in the fourth quarter. They were up. Uh, a notable thing here is just that C.J. Mosley did uh, leave the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's pretty much when uh, the, came, they had came, some, the comeback. Yeah, yeah. So as he left, they're saying that uh, Mosley was playing the game of his life. You know, the game of yeah, the, the game of his career. He was all over the all over the field, and um, as soon as he left with that injury, that the Bills were able to come back on the on the Jets defense, and the Jets defense, or just the team in general, um, for what I know, they're, they're not they're not that deep uh, in depth. So yeah, their stars look great. They have. You know, a lot of they have stars there, but the minute that star goes out, their backup it's 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 game over. It's they're screwed. Yeah, yeah. The depth issues, of course, you can only build that up uh, through the draft because it's not like you're gonna sign every single guy out there that's good to build your depth. You yeah. pretty much have to draft it. Uh, but Bills and Jets both have very good defenses, though. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I've got to credit the Bills defense for keeping the Jets for keeping the Bills in the game. Yeah, and then uh, Le'Veon Bell um, had 60 yards on 17 carries. Um, caught six of nine targets for 32 yards and a touchdown. Um, he still looked like Le'Veon Bell. He looked good, so uh, I don't think um, there's going to be much rust there going on in the rest of the season. Uh, moving on, <laughs> I think this was like the anonymous, the unanimous pick of the week here: Ravens versus Dolphins. Uh, Ravens, oh, yeah. of course, put up 59 points to the Dolphins' 10. Um, your boy Lamar Jackson looked absolutely amazing, went 17 of 20 with 324 yards and five touchdowns. But then again, on the other side of that, he probably went up against, if not, definitely the worst team in the NFL, but oh, yeah, I think yeah. the worst team in the NFL in a good while. You think so? Even the 0-16 Browns? I mean, as much as the Browns sucked and the Lions sucked when they went 0-16, I don't remember. Maybe it's because social media wasn't so prominent, but um, there was news reports coming out that a lot of players were texting their agents that they needed a trade immediately to get out of there. Man. You know, oh, that's, yeah. Um uh, also, to add on to that, I don't know if you if you saw the one of the reports that came out not too long ago that uh, the Dolphins uh, gave uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, their cornerback, mm-hmm. they gave him permission to seek a trade. No way, really? And I, yeah. that, that's actually crazy. I haven't read into that because um, obviously he's a good player. I think he's a good player. I would love to have him on the Broncos. But I just thought, you know, when you're going through a rebuild, you trade like you know players that are a little bit older that are about to get paid, but you would keep your young talent that's still relatively cheap. And I thought Minka would be off the, off the trade. I, think, I don't think he's. I don't think he's. Uh, he's worked out there, huh? The Dolphins. I think they've been moving him around a lot. That. Yeah, I think he just he just hasn't he hasn't worked out for both of them. Yeah, that's that's crazy though that they would actually trade him. I'll look into that more because that's actually really interesting. Uh, but yeah, like we said, Lamar Jackson, of course, looked like he made a big leap forward. Um, especially having uh, Marquis Hollywood Brown there at his receiver. Um, Brown only had four catches <laughs> for 147 yards and two touchdowns. 
That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so he looked amazing. Like, there's ridiculous video game numbers here. Uh, even Mark Ingram got in on it, 107 yards and two touchdowns on just 14 carries. Um, Don't forget so, about RG3. Uh, yeah, RG3 also came in right and scored a touchdown himself, right? Yeah, he went six for six for fifty-five yards and one touchdown. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, I think we were ta- we texted Sign each him. other. <laughs> Train te- for him. <laughs> we texted each other and we were like early overreaction. Uh, Lamar Jackson MVP candidate. I mean, uh, if he even maintains anything close to these numbers, obviously he's going to be an MVP candidate. But there, it also needs yeah. to be said that I mean, this is probably the worst team in the NFL. Well, you know, and what's going to help his case, I guess. Or just juice up his numbers. He's, he's going up against he's going up against Arizona this week. So another defense that's not that great. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Okay. Be interesting. Uh, Ravens again beat the Dolphins fifty nine to ten. Complete blowout. Uh, moving on. Next game. Interesting game. Probably the game I watched. Uh, the game I was most looking forward to is the Chiefs versus the Jaguars. Chiefs pulled it out forty to twenty six. Even with losing Tyreek Hill early on. Patrick Mahomes looked like the same old Mahomes, had uh, over 300 yards at halftime, finished 25 of 33 for 378 yards and three touchdowns. But Luis, I think the biggest story here in this game is, of course, Nick Foles' broken collarbone early on. Gardner Minshew comes in and goes 22 of 25, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Yeah, uh, losing Nick Foles can be a blessing in disguise for the Jaguars. Too early. I mean, No, no, I get you, I get you. I mean, I mean, for him, I mean, then again, the Chiefs defense, as much as I tried hyping, hyping them up in the beginning of the season, uh, they weren't that great. But, yeah, Gardner Minshew looked pretty good. Uh, he's going to go up against another tough defense. I mean, well, a real tough defense, the Texans defense. So we'll see how, how he does there. But if he continues to – if he puts up these numbers again and continues to produce at this rate, um, yeah, we might – we might see Nick Foles get Nick Fold. Yeah, unfortunately. We'll see. It's early on. We've seen rookies come in and, um, you know, their their play style is completely different usually than the starting quarterback that the defense has prepared for. Yeah. And they, they come in and do really good. But um, we'll see. And then, like we said, the Chiefs, unfortunately for us, still look like oh, the Chiefs on offense. so good. And Mahomes looks like he hasn't missed a step. Oh, man. It's, it's crazy. LaShawn McCoy looked good, too. Got 10 carries for 81 yards. Um, the Chiefs are going to be a really tough team to stop, man. Yeah. Good, good for my, bit. good for my fantasy team though. Good for my fantasy team, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have any Chiefs players in my fantasy team. <laughs> what were you, <laughs> what were you going to say right now? Uh, no, just that, yeah, that the Chiefs are they're going to be pretty much unstoppable with uh, Patrick Mahomes looking as good as he's he looked in Week One, and I think he might break he might break last season's record. Yeah, like we said, he had 300 yards in the first half, over 300 yards. And then yeah. the only reason they slowed down is because, well, obviously, they were up. And then not only that, but he also, I think he tweaked his ankle oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah he was he hobbling. Got... Nothing too serious, though. He's not going to miss any time. But, um, you know, he was a little hobbled. They were probably playing it safe. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars. Moving on, another team here in this next matchup that didn't use their starters in the preseason much and went down big before half. I think it was 17-0. to uh, Eagles versus Redskins. Redskins took the lead early on, surprisingly. Um, yeah. Eagles managed to pull it out, thirty-two to se- uh, twenty-seven. Luis. Um, oh well, yeah, it was a a bit of a shocker in the beginning. When I saw the scores, I was like, "No way!" But then I was like, "Ah, well, it's, you know, it's not overreact. It's pretty like the first half. The Eagles might turn it up in the second half, and, and they sure did. did. 
Yeah, that Wentz and uh, Deshaun Jackson connection oh, is going to look real good, and it's going to be a, a huge factor for them in the season. Yeah, D-Jax went uh, for 154 yards and two touchdowns, and um, Wentz finished 28 of 39 for 313 yards and three touchdowns, and Wentz again looked like an MVP candidate. Um, the Eagles looked good like in that second half. They were finally in sync, yeah. made some adjustments. They were warmed up, whatever it was. Um, and the Redskins, I mean, they looked like in the second half, they looked like the team that we expect them to be. Case Keenum, yeah. clearly not the future there. Um, oh, no. He had good numbers. He had 30 of 44 for 380 yards and three touchdowns. But, I mean, shoot. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, it's like case, with Casey Keenum, it's pretty much how he was for him in Minnesota and with Denver. You can't expect him to do too much, but just get the job done and at first it seemed like he was doing that in the in the during the game but then I think Redskins suffered a couple of injuries on defense with Jonathan Allen and uh there was another player that got hurt and that that might have affected the Redskins on defense. Well it obviously did for the Eagles to come back on them. Yeah. Um the bright note but a bright note for the Redskins on offense is uh Terry Terry McLaurin, rookie, yes, rookie yes. out of Ohio yeah, State. He looked great. He looked great. He looked good. So you know, with him and uh, hopefully if uh, whenever they throw out um, Haskins. Uh, yeah, whenever they throw out Haskins out there, that could be a good connection for the Redskins in the future. But we'll see. They got to they gotta uh, throw AP out there, too. If they're going to have – can't have him as a healthy scratch. Yeah, Darius Geis only got 18 yards on 10 carries. So even then the run game wasn't working that well. But uh, who knows? So, okay, Eagles beat the Redskins. Moving on, probably one of the most surprising results um, in this next game. Uh, Vikings versus Falcons. Vikings took a 28-0 lead, and I think the game ended up final score. Vikings 28, Falcons 12. Um, complete domination by the Vikings. Cousins only had to throw the ball 10 times. He went 8 of 10 for 98 yards and a touchdown. They just pretty much just pounded the ball and ran it down the Falcons' throat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they the Falcons struggled to get anything going on offense. Their O-line was getting wrecked on. They couldn't protect Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was turning the ball over because of the pressure. Um, Julio and really had less than 100 yards receiving each. So it was it was pretty bad on both sides of the ball for the Falcons. So we don't know if that's just because so the Vikings were looking good or it's just a week one thing or... Yeah, you know. and then you got to start thinking, like, if the Falcons are going to play... It's going to be another one of those years, like last year. Last year they had the injury bug. This year they don't have that excuse so much. Um, and you're going to start wondering if Quinn's going to, you know, start being on the hot seat. and Because that's a very talented team over there. And, um, you know, for them to be down 28-0, that's pretty much unacceptable. Yeah, that, um, I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, I knew it was at, we, me and you talked about this last week, how we both thought it was going to be like a really good game. And it was a complete blowout. Yeah, and not only that, um, how we were saying, um, Cousins didn't even have to do much. It was pretty much just a run game. Dalvin Cook went for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, so that tells you how dangerous the Vikings could be. But then again, we know, just got to wait it out, see how the season goes. All right, all right moving on. Um, next game, really fun game uh, between what we thought were two NFC powers. It's, only, it's kind of looking one-sided so far. Uh, Rams versus Panthers. Final score, Rams 30, Panthers 27. Um, looks like the Panthers are pretty much just going to ride Christian McCaffrey, and that's how they're going to succeed. Um, he rushed for 128 yards and two and two touchdowns on 19 carries, and he also caught 10 passes for 81 yards. So he was pretty much the only bright spot on the Panthers' offense as far as like success over there goes. Yeah, um, I think it tells you more about Cam Newton's health too. You know, he really yeah. didn't run. He didn't. He didn't run the ball. I think he probably ran it like in, he didn't run until like the third quarter. 
So, you know, it just tells you if he's changed the way he plays now or he's still injured or... I'll, I'll talk because, um, uh, like we said, we just... Well, I finished watching Thursday Night Football here just a little while ago. I know you didn't watch the game. Yeah. Um, so I'll catch you up on that when we get to our week two predictions because that game already happened because um, it is interesting that you noticed that last week because I noticed something similar this week. So, yeah, Cam Newton um, against the Rams went 25-39 for 239 yards and two turnovers. And to be honest, on the other side with the Rams, um, Goff, Jared Goff, didn't look too hot either. He went 23-39 of for 186 yards, one touchdown, and a pick. Um, he just looked – he missed uh, wide-open receivers quite a bit. Still looked a bit rough, so I don't know what's going on over there if, the, if he's progressing with his development. And then I think another question we were looking forward to getting answered was Todd Gurley, if he's still the Todd Gurley of old. Uh, he did get more carries in the backup, Malcolm Brown, but it was only three more carries, and he ended up finishing with 97 yards on 14 carries. So it's kind of, we're still on the fence about it because I don't know if um, McVay's doing this on purpose where he's kind of saving Todd Gurley for the end of the game. And then, you know, that way he yeah. can, like, wear down the defense and use a fresh Todd Gurley to pretty much run the clock out and run the ball and score. So I think we're still kind of iffy on Gurley, man, because it's. Yeah, it's, I got to see how he. Yeah, you got to see how he plays it out. And not only that, um, we were talking with a few other friends about this, how, you know, Todd Gurley's like a potential all-time great running back and you're not using him like... To his fullest. Yeah, you're not giving him the ball 25-plus times a game, you know. And so um, something's there. It's going to be interesting to see if he's still the same player after this. Uh, did you have any other points you wanted to add on this game? No, just um, I guess for the for the Panthers, the turnovers is what cost them the game because the Rams scored points. I think they scored 14 points off of those turnovers. So. Yeah, Newton had two turnovers, so the Rams took uh, advantage of that. But still, really close game. Uh, yeah. yeah, really close game. So I think um, we'll talk about the Panthers later, especially after tonight's game. Um, so, yeah, moving on, we, the we are who they thought they were game. Uh, <laughs> Titans versus the Browns. The Ooh, Titans pretty the much Browns. stomped the Browns 43-13. to um, Browns, just a complete mess, had 18 penalties for 182 yards. And Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. Luis, I know, I know you're you're probably excited about to talk about this one because I was very high yeah. on the Browns. And you were very much not buying into it. And oh, They proved it right. Yeah, I'm so. I, mean, I gotta thank the Browns for this. They made me look <laughs> really good. But uh, yeah, it's just like how, how I've been saying, and I want to say it again. And you know, there's still a lot, a lot to, to. There's a lot of work to be done there with the Browns. There's a lot of talent, but you know, there's at times we didn't see much of Landry or OBJ. OBJ had a, you know a few plays here and there, but you know, other than that, he wasn't. They weren't utilized as as how we thought they would be. And that was another question that was also brought up was, you know, is too much talent going to cost the Browns, you know, games? Because you don't want to overdo it on offense. They might, you know, try to give the ball to everybody and make this offense as great as it could be. And that could probably hurt them, too. And But it's week one. You know, they got yeah, I mean, have a lot of work to get done, especially on that penalty side. They got to bring that number down. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, not good discipline, um, bad technique on the whole line. Of course, oh, yeah. it, it wasn't that big of a blowout until the the fourth quarter. The Titans ended up going on a 28-0 run down the stretch, but going into halftime, the, the Titans were just up 12-6. And I don't know if you saw this quote from Delaney Walker uh, oh, yeah. in, the, in the locker room. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. I got that. He's like, so he said, "This is a Delaney Walker quote. We didn't circle this game. This is just another game. We ain't even worried about it. I'm gonna tell you again, man. They were who we thought they were. You can <laughs> crown them if you want. Crown them. Still got to play football. And I think that's like pretty much sums up the whole game." Yeah. Um, you know, like, they, they just looked very unprepared. 
Um, unfortunately, be a reality check for them too for the big balance. time, Not, big time. Because they probably they probably bought into the hype. You know, they yeah, we're gonna come in teams, here, we're gonna punch this team in the mouth, and we're gonna do good this year. And you know, it just just because that's on your memo, that's on your. That's what you're planning on doing. That doesn't mean that's how it's going to go down. Yeah. And not only that, but the Titans are a good team, man. They're not some pushover team. They're, I think they're a very complete team, especially in that they're, division. Yeah, they're, low, they're, they're a very low-key team. They're low-key. Yeah, they're solid on defense. Mariota, to his credit, wasn't an issue. Uh, he actually went 14-24 for 248 out, uh, yards and three touchdowns and no picks. Um, their rookie wide receiver, A.J. Brown, looked good. He had three catches for 100 yards. And Derrick Henry, of course, looked good again, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him. But the Titans put in a really good performance. So um, not to really shit on the Browns. Like, obviously, they look bad, but it's also the Titans are a good team. And they took advantage of, you know, a pretty shitty Browns performance. Yeah. So. And that Browns O-line, like I, they, got, they really got to work on that O-line. Yeah, you man. You can't have your left tackle getting ejected in the game. Yeah, I think, people. I think Mayfield had an MRI or something on his wrist yeah, or something. He got beat yeah, up a little bit. Yeah, especially like Cameron Week when he uh got that safety. That's when he got hurt. He got up hurting uh, Baker Mayfield did, but we'll see how it goes for this. The rest yeah, of the so Browns, another team that completely shit the bed, coming in with a lot of hype. Um, I just don't know. It's like a culture thing or it's like a mental thing where you have to get over this hump of who you are and just really put in the work and, you know, um, pretty much be about it instead of just talking about it and assuming yeah. that you're going to be a, a top dog in the AFC. Um, and I think uh, the job just got harder for Freddie Kitchens, too, because, I mean, it's it's already tough enough to be a rookie head coach. And then on top of that, you have to deal with all these stars, these expectations, and all these players you have. And now to start off 0-1 and, and then lose the way they lost. Not look good at all. Like yeah. you know, And then um, I think, like how you said, this, this team has a lot of talent, and it's built to win now, regardless of who they are. They are the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, consistently one of the worst teams over the last few years. Like, you still have all this talent. And uh, I'm pretty sure Freddie Kitchens is going to be gone if it's a failed experiment this first year. Oh, yeah. I think for, him to, be, for him to come back, I think it's playoffs or bust. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah, like, yeah. you, eventually, you're going to have to pay Baker Mayfield a ridiculous contract because that's how it goes. If he even has moderate success. And after yeah. that, you know, you, you still have Miles Garrett, who's going to have to get paid. Denzel Ward. I mean, it's pretty much the curse of having all this talent. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Browns got completely stomped by the Titans, forty-three to thirteen. Moving on to the next game, very interesting game, low-key game. Um, didn't watch too much of this one. Um, surprising result either way. Uh, Seahawks versus Bengals. The Seahawks squeak out a win versus the Bengals, twenty-one to twenty. I think the most surprising part for me to take away from this game was uh, Andy Dalton went thirty-five of fifty-one. <laughs> For 418 oh, yards and two touchdowns. Like, Andy Dalton just looked like a completely different player. Put yeah. the team on his back. And not only that, but John Ross, um, a high draft pick like, just yeah, a few yeah. years ago, looked being like able to bust already the best receiver on the field by far. Jesus. Had seven receptions for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, I'm happy for the guy because it's pretty much like he was worth where they drafted him at if he's able to perform yeah. like this. Every game, yeah. Talk about shutting up your critics, man. You know, we we had we had last week when we were predicting the game. We and it's not just us. There's a lot of people out there that, without paying paying too much attention to the Bengals, they were already we're know, writing them off. Yeah, writing them off. Like, oh, a new coach from Zach Taylor, no one's ever heard of. Yeah, no they used coaching to like experience and yeah, just held the playbook for McVay. Yeah, and here he is. Uh, 
he was actually the guy that would pull back Vabe from going into on the field. He was never the refs were walking by. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, it, it, like Andy Dalton just looked like a completely different player. I, I know we both listen to. I, I know we both listen to the Around the NFL podcast. Um, great podcast, by the way. Anybody who listens to it, uh, go check it out when you have the chance after Shout listening out. to this one. <laughs> Maybe they'll shadow us yeah. out in return. But uh, yes. no, they have what they call the, you know how in baseball they have the Mendoza line, like, you know, a batting average. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. this is the bare minimum for you to be a, a you know, a, a decent, yeah, a presentable MLB batting average player. Um, they have the Dalton line, which is, you know, pretty much the median for quarterback performance. <laughs> and Andy Dalton played way above the Dalton line the this Dalton game. Line. <laughs> <laughs> it's just beautiful. So um, as far as the Seahawks, I mean, the Seahawks, I was surprised that they struggled. So like we said, it's week one. So we don't yeah. know if the Bengals are really like, oh, shit, the Bengals are, you know, they're going to be they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Or um, or if the Seahawks, oh, Seattle, just, this is Seattle, yeah, yeah, the Seahawks came out flat. Uh, Russell Wilson went fourteen of twenty for one hundred and ninety six yards and two touchdowns. Um, DK Metcalf actually looked pretty decent, had four receptions for eighty nine yards. But I, I think we were just both so surprised by how well the Bengals performed. Yeah, that was the biggest takeaway was, by far from that game. Yeah, it was just how surprisingly well they played. But we'll see how it goes, and um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, man. Andy Dalton, freaking 400 yards. Who would have thought? All right. Moving on. uh, Other game. Chargers versus Colts. Um, Brissett, surprisingly, well, not surprisingly to some, looked good. 21 to 27 for 190 yards and two touchdowns. Um, He actually did lead them on the comeback that forced overtime, but unfortunately they weren't able to get the ball back in overtime. Yeah. Uh, I think for the Colts, this is what you are expecting out of Brissett. You know, you're not expecting, you're not going to ask to for him to put Andrew Luck numbers, but I think this is what they're asking for him to do well enough to win the games. Uh, unfortunately for Brissett in this game was that Vinny Terry single-handedly pretty much lost the game for the Colts. He had a... Missed extra point. Missed extra point, and he had missed two field goal attempts, right? So that's a total of seven points. Yeah, if you add that up, um, final score was Chargers 30, Colts 24, but if you would add those missed uh, field goals extra points it would have been 31 30 Colts but of course that wouldn't have gone to overtime um, yeah. it would have been a different score but they would have won is what you're trying to say uh, mm-hmm. the Chargers look surprisingly good I think the biggest takeaway is that the Chargers oh, are going to be very happy good. with yes that they don't need Melvin Gordon pretty much yeah. um, both Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson look pretty great especially yeah. Eckler I think Eckler scored like three times on my yeah, bench he had like three, yeah he had like three yeah. touchdowns and he put up really good numbers so yeah real nice numbers on my bench if I'm Melvin Gordon I would be more than worried right now I'd be like Yo, can I just get traded now? Or? Yeah, man. I mean, it's and it's not that Melvin Gordon's not a great player, but it just goes back to the thing where you know, certain like he's a great player, but to me, he's not in that top tier of the Zeeks, the Todd Gurleys, yeah, Saquons. So you know, you're gonna or you're gonna get like this top dollar. The Jacobs. Play. Yeah. The, oh, okay. So it's overreaction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you agreed. You said yeah. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, I think Melvin Gordon, man, took an L this week. Um, you know, I just don't see him coming back at this point. And honestly, the Chargers don't need him. I mean, they, they no. look good. Rivers yeah. look good. Um, he did throw that pick, Maybe. but I mean, Malik Cooker made a ridiculous one-handed interception in the end zone. Um, so yeah, I think it was I a mean, very he, good game for the Chargers. He was, yeah, Rivers was great. Yeah, he was 25 for 34, 333 yards and three touchdowns, so... Yeah, he can't Rivers ask for much more than that. Rivers is looking good, yeah. So you just got to still, like, like we said, this is them being good now, and that's with some health issues. Um, hopefully, yeah. you know, Hunter Henry comes back for them. Uh, Derwin James also and uh, Russell Okung on the online. But, yeah, good start for the Chargers. Taking the W over the Colts, 30-24. to 
Next game, uh, already a tie week after week one. Got the Lions versus Cardinals, who ended up tied 27-27. I think some takeaways from here. Obviously, the Lions had a a pretty decent lead, and um, Kyler Murray was absolutely awful. I think at halftime, he was 6 of 16 for 41 yards and a pick. Like, they couldn't get any offense going. Anything. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he just turned it on. Um, In the fourth quarter alone, Murray went 14 of 17 for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um Man, I mean, not, there's not much to add there. Just uh, Matthew Stafford played well, but against the poorest Cardinals secondary, um, Lions just blew it. They blew Pretty much, it. man. Is, I mean, this was a tie, but this yeah. is a win for the Cardinals, and this is pretty much an L for the Lions. I mean, yeah, this, yeah, and this if, is what we're talking about. And then I think the, for the Lions, it's 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 bad because they really needed this win because I think their their schedule looks pretty tough after that. It was yep. this week they play the Chargers and then next week and it just gets tougher and tougher. And if they needed to win an easy win, it was this game, but they blew that. So we'll see how it goes for them. Yeah, um, like we said, Kyler Murray looked great through the ball fifty one times, I believe. Wait up, I think it might be more than that. 54 times. So, Kyler Murray ended up with the stat line of 29 of 54 for 308 yards and two touchdowns in the pick. 54? So, I mean, he... 54. So, that's just pretty much a preview of how it's going to go. Um, David Johnson, even with all those uh, throw attempts, got his 18 uh, carries, 82 yards, and also caught six balls for 55 yards and a touchdown. It's actually a very good... Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald looked, too, looked good, too. Had a pretty big catch. Actually, he had a 45-yard bomb um, in overtime, yeah. I believe, that set up the field goal. Uh, they risked it all. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, nothing else to go to <laughs> on this point. But uh, yeah, you see that catch? He just like yeah, he laid out and, and dive. Yeah, yeah. A lesser yeah, man yeah, would have broken. Guy. A lesser man or us uh, would have broken like all of our ribs, and <laughs> <Yeah, no. laughs> we, we wouldn't have gotten up. That would have been it, it right there. Been, yeah, that was that would have been it for us. Yeah, uh, but I, what I was gonna say it was actually a really good showcase game for the rookies too, because on the other side with the Lions, T.J. Hawkinson looked really, really good, man. Like really good. He's gonna, I think he's gonna like if he continues like that, he's gonna obviously gonna be a top tier tight end in the league. Um, had six catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. And like I said, he plays tight end, which is usually, historically, a very tough position for rookies. They usually don't pick it up until year two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looked very, very good. Yep. All right, moving on. We said Lions and Cardinals tied up at 27-27. Uh, next game that's going to have a lot of Cowboys fans very excited, or maybe not because you're about to pay Dak Prescott a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboys versus Giants. Cowboys, of course, take the W, 35-17. to uh, Biggest talking point, Dak Prescott played like a franchise quarterback against a very bad Giants defense. Uh, went 25 of 32 for 405 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, there's not much to add here. The Cowboys looked just as good as advertised. You know, like you said, the defense was shutting down that Giants offense. But then again, it was a Giants offense, and Eli Manning did not look any better. Um <laughs> He had, he, yeah, he, he had decent numbers, but I think it's important to point out that it was pretty much in garbage time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're the Cowboys, uh, Jerry Jones, you might have a little regret of not extending Dak in the preseason or before the season started because now I, the season's in full bloom and he's out there putting up these kind of numbers. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's the Giants. And then this cup coming, they have the Redskins. So his numbers are going to look great. But Yeah. And then Zeke's still barely warming up. He only had 13 carries. Uh, for 53 yards and a touchdown. So he's going to get a bigger workload. I don't expect Dak to put up these numbers 
um, on a consistent basis. Like we said, Giants have an awful defense, but I don't know what was going on with the Giants offensively. Um, Saquon, you know, had only 11 carries, and he still managed to get 120 yards, but only 11 <laughs> carries. Like, how do you not feed him more? I, uh, I, I don't understand, man. Well, that's because, again, they're playing catch-up the whole way, so... How, who cares? Like, I mean, just feed the guy, man. Yeah. Honestly, Saquon, you look amazing, man. Sorry. Uh, moving on, 49ers versus Bucks. Uh, interesting game. This is like we said. This is one of those week one games where, after tonight's game, I'm not sure if the Bucks are good and the 49ers are just better, or the Bucks suck and the Panthers really suck. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's one of those week ones. Like the uh, math I wish doesn't I add seen up. This game. Yeah, 49ers, 31 points. Uh, Bucks ended up with 17. Uh, Winston was once again awful, 20 of 36 for 194 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. Uh, Two were were pick sixes. Two were pick sixes. Okay, yeah, that's just great. Um, And the other side, I don't think Jimmy G looked all that great. Uh, Luis, your thoughts on this game? Uh, No, it was just that, that James Winston continues to look bad. And this time on their new head coach, Bruce Arians, who many call a QB guru. So we'll see how short that leash is, is for Winston. I was never a fan, and you know, so cringy, man. Yeah, so, and, and the he's whole... really careless with the ball. Like he just, he really expect he really expects that every throw he he throw every every throw out there is gonna be some magical play, and it's always horrendous. But if they were able to manage to beat the Panthers tonight, but then again, I I did read up a bit that it was in part of the Buccaneers defense. But you'll catch me up on that later. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the the Niners' defense looked decent. The the pass rush was looking good with Boza and uh, D Ford, and so they were looking they were looking pretty decent out there. Yeah, Quan Alexander, uh, who was a new addition too, got a uh, got ejected in the first half. I think he had a helmet to helmet hit on Winston. I think they were yeah. saying that it might get a suspension. And um, yeah, I'm not too sure about that one, but that's what I heard. Yeah, but we'll see, man. Uh, Jimmy G. As expected, was very rusty and confused out there, but he hadn't played in almost what, a year or so. Yeah, or we'll see. We'll year. see if they get better. Like we said, it's week one, so it's hard to really, you know, nail like if these teams are good or not. Yeah. All right. So yeah, 49ers get the win over the Bucks. Moving on, the most terrifying game, Sunday Night Football, Patriots 33 versus Steelers, who only managed to put up three points, and that's because Mike Tomlin didn't want to go for it on fourth and goal. And wanted, I think he was just avoiding not getting shut out, and I think that's why he decided. And that's why he decided to go for the field goal. But my God, the, something else that happened since the last time we recorded an episode that we'll talk about maybe after this is, of course, Luis. I'm sorry to bring it up again. The Antonio yeah. Brown saga. Um, I'm surprised we didn't talk about this earlier. We'll set some time. And Antonio Brown is now a Patriot. Of course, he didn't get to play because it happened during the weekend, and uh, it mm-hmm. doesn't go into it doesn't factor until this week. So he might play Sunday. Yeah. Um, because some other things have come about. But um, anyways, the Patriots' offense looked absolutely deadly, and that's without Antonio Brown on the field. Uh, Tom Brady, again, pisses me off, went 24 of 36 for 341 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, Steelers' offense don't look good without AB. Their offense got stopped by the Pats' defense all game. Big Ben is looking rusty like he's looking his age, and... You know, you start to think, you know, if A.B. was right all the time. But we'll see, man. I mean... I mean, the Steelers look like a team that lost two great players. That's exactly like on offense. That's how they look. Le'Veon Bell, of course, and Antonio Brown. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, of course, has to be wide receiver one now, and he just wasn't up to it. 
Um, he finished with yeah. six catches for 78 yards, but that was pretty much when the game was already in the bag. Um, and then this is a Patriots defense that looked amazing in the preseason. They looked amazing week one, and that's without uh, Kyle Van Noy, who uh, was a, a healthy scratch on this game. His wife was in labor. Um, but the Patriots just keep on rolling, and sometimes somehow they keep looking better and better year after year. Josh Gordon looked yeah, great. Josh Gordon looks great. It's like he never stopped playing. Yeah, man. Jesus, and then Julian man. Edelman, still himself, still great. And like we said, it's going to be pretty scary when they bring Antonio Brown. Uh, I guess we'll talk a, bit, a little bit Antonio Brown now. That way we don't have to waste too much time on it, um, later. But, uh, of course, there's been some accusations that have been uh, brought up, some lawsuits against Antonio Brown. Um, yeah. We don't know if they're factual or not. Obviously, it's not up to us. But um, it could be one of those situations where you know this this girl saw that um, he's kind of in a rough patch and his character's kind of been coming out more and more, and she saw it as a good opportunity to pretty much accuse him of something. Uh, but uh, like I said, we don't want to. It's not up to us to find out if this is true or not. But uh, usually, it's like these type of things that the Patriots aren't very big fans of, and they'll very easily get rid of uh, of the player. But Antonio Brown isn't just any player; he's one of the best receivers in the league. And uh, the Patriots, of course, one of the best teams in the league. But for me personally, yeah. I was rooting for Tom Brady a lot. Like I said, at this point, um, just win as many Super Bowls as you can. It's amazing to watch. But with Antonio Brown now on board, I just really hope it blows up in their face. And that's just my personal opinion. Well, I feel the same way. Um, I, I, I feel, you know, just like John Gruden and Derek Carr, I rooted for Antonio Brown. I was hoping that it would work out with the Raiders and... Even when I looked like a clown, I was supporting him and defending him. And he did what he did, and he lies with the Patriots, and I hope it blows up in their face. <laughs> um, it's unfortunate that he's being called out in his lawsuits, but, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not going to go too much into that. But, uh, yeah, man, it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, it really ticks me off that, you know, I read these reports that he even uh, reached out to social media experts to find a way to speed up his release and things like that and I'm just it, like, it, it just feels like there should be something in place for things like this like some some uh, kind of rules or yeah, something yeah, some internal affairs unit or something to investigate because you know this just really stinks and of course it's no surprise that it's the Patriots again yeah uh, it's like how long like how how deep or how long kind of they plan this out or yeah for anyone who, who hasn't followed this too well uh, reports were that the Patriots offered a first rounder to the Steelers for Antonio Brown last season. Uh, of course, Steelers didn't want to give Antonio Brown up to a, a rival, um, uh, obviously. And then what a coincidence that, you know, Antonio Brown ends up going to the Raiders for, was it a third and a fifth? Yeah. And then he throws this whole big tantrum, this charade, pretty much just looking like the worst player like to have on your team ever. Yeah. Uh, nobody wanted, I read that the Raiders sent out some messages to see if anybody was interested in trading for him. Nobody wanted that contract. Nobody wanted to deal with those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you can imagine that the Raiders reached out to a lot of teams in the league, and they're uh, all thirty-one. All <laughs> thirty-one, and all of them said no. And what a coincidence! As soon as they let this guy go, less I think what was it like an hour, hour and a half later that we got the news that um, Antonio Brown was signing a one-year dealer. Yeah, it was. And then he went radio stinks. silent. He started yeah. behaving. He started behaving. Now, like, yeah, there's nothing like he hasn't complained. There's nothing like he's showing up. He's He's just, you know, being a modern modern citizen, a modern model citizen. citizen. Yeah, yeah, the Patriot yeah. way, the Patriot way. Uh, That's bullshit. Yeah, man. So, like we said, I, <laughs> I told these like it's like uh, obviously I don't want to do this, but I'm probably rooting for the Chiefs because to be honest, the AFC doesn't look so hot this year. 
Um, I just think it's going to end up being the Chiefs and the Patriots again. But man, I don't know, man. Patriots can't keep getting away with crap like I this. I don't wish, I don't wish injury upon any player. But if I had to make an exception, we do wish failure though. Failure. Oh yeah, failure of all the way. Taking L's. Um, you know, like we said, we we don't wish injuries here, but you know, I just don't want to see the Patriots ho- hoisting another Lombardi Trophy after that crap. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. So moving on, like I said, Patriots still looking good. Thirty-three versus Steelers, who only put up a field goal. Um, next up, probably the most exciting game, best game of the week, game of the year so far in this early season. Uh, Saints thirty versus Texans twenty-eight. Very exciting game that saw two lead changes in the final minutes. Uh, Drew Brees manages to work some magic and put Will Lutz in position. Uh, to kick the game winning field goal. At least, did you watch this game? Uh, no, because <laughs> I was uh, I was at I was at school. <laughs> I was at school, and then after after I got a class, I was um, driving to Buffalo Wild Wings. A uh, shout out, uh, please be our sponsor to watch the game with uh, <laughs> two of my buddies. You know, to to get ready to watch the Raiders game. But um, I did catch that the last two minutes when Breeze led the Saints down the field and. Set up the field goal for Lutz, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, it was a, I mean it's a great game, uh, very exciting it sounds, game. It's 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 kind of iffy to lean on what side was because you know you ex- we expect the expectations for the Saints were so high for them to be like you know hey like to run away with this game and we really didn't praise the Texans as much because you know it's the Texans and they've they've been successful down. but they've never been that team to like get over that hump that we're yeah. going to pick them over the other top dogs yeah so this game was you know an eye opener just for it to see to, you know to show us that the Texans could be for real but we you know again it's week one Watson looked good but he would have to remain healthy to keep this team alive yeah. and he, he had to go into the medical tent twice um, yeah, so, so I think his back was seizing up or something. So you know, even if they brought in Tunsil, there's still pressure other other places on the line. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, for the Texans, it's just going to be keeping uh, Deshaun Watson healthy, and that's not looking so good right now. Uh, so that should be something to keep your eye on. And then for Breeze, Breeze, of course, still looking like a legend, um, able to lead this offense up and down the field. So I, I think the Saints are the better team. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, obviously they won, but I'm just saying because after watching the game, it was back and forth. But I do believe the Saints are the better team, and it's you know. It's, do you, Do you think we're overlooking the fact that um, Breeze's arm strength? You know, we we write on the Saints' success and how how good they are and everything. But one of the things that we really don't talk about much is Breeze's arm strength. And uh, as far as from what I heard, is his his arm strength was kind of tested in that game, and you can tell he couldn't complete some throws. I mean, I think obviously his arm strength, I don't care what any, because I was reading an article with Tom Brady, and I think it was in this month's Men's Fitness or something, that he says his arm is as strong as it was when he first came into the league, and he credits his uh, his workout routine and his stretching and his eating habits. TB12. And, yeah, TB12, whatever that stuff is. And um, for Drew Brees, like I said, it, we've always pointed it out, or not us, obviously, but other analysts, that his arm's starting to get weaker. And I think, you, I think I said it last week where the team success for Tom Brady, I think, helps him out. Obviously, you win Super Bowls. Who cares what, how your arm looks? Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Brees, we pick a little bit more because, of course, he's throwing some picks in crunch time. Uh, but for me, watching the game, I mean, it, it doesn't even matter where his arm strength is at right now because he's still extremely effective. Uh, he spread the ball out through for 370 yards and two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, so I don't really think his arm strength is going to be that big of a deal. Um, they do have Alvin Kamara there, so they have a great run game regardless if they do need to lean on that. Um, so I don't think his arm strength is going to be that big of an issue this season. 
Okay. Would I ask? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, all right. So that was a really good game. Saints versus Texans. Saints squeak out the win on the last second field goal. Um, next up, I guess we'll just skip this, the double header. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on. That, that whoa, was all the games. Whoa, whoa. That was all the games. Was that was one. that all the games? Are you sure? Let me look at my notes. It's like a game of the doubleheader. Raiders managed. Have something in, in bold here. Raiders managed to spank my Don't Broncos. Don't forget this game. Twenty-four to sixteen. Josh Jacobs looked like the stud I predicted he would be. Unfortunately, uh, first player since Ladainian Tomlinson to accumulate hundred net yards and score two rushing touchdowns in his debut. He looked great, man. Like Josh Jacobs just looked amazing. Yeah, I was. I mean. I I would li- read and listen on to like what they would talk about Josh Jacobs and how he was going to be great and stuff, but I really didn't buy too much into it. I wanted to just because sometimes that's how I am with the, with my with my favorite teams. I just, I don't I don't I don't want to get my hopes up, but yeah, see him out there and running the ball in some of those runs, man. It just caught me by surprise how you know for the guy his size, like he's he's pretty short. You know, he's a pretty. Sh- Stocky guy though, strong. He's a strong, powerful runner. And there was this one run. I think it was like third and short, and you know, you could see the the line of scrimmage was crowded on both sides, and he just ran right through it. And you saw you saw him carrying the whole defense. And I was Uh, just there was also that play where um, he was coming out of the backfield and caught the pass and took it like twenty eight yards, broke some tackles. I mean, to be fair though, I mean. I think we both said this. We don't know which one of these teams is better yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because there, there was <laughs> a lot of things. Thing. There's a lot of factors to factor in here. First of all, uh, last time Broncos play in Oakland, um, yeah. obviously season opener for Oakland in Oakland yep. in their last season in Oakland. So the crowd after pumped. the whole AB tra- after the, the whole AB, there was a very derogatory chant going on after every score. Mm-hmm. Uh, something along the lines of "fuck AB." Ex- excuse my French. So obviously the whole Best team was. Yeah, <laughs> the whole like they were pumped up. There was a lot of motivation yeah. here to prove that you know we don't need him. Um, we're fine just without him. So a lot of that goes into it too. But um, also for the Broncos, missing some key players. Uh, Todd Davis, linebacker. Of course, the linebackers got abused all night. And um, mm-hmm. their corner Bryce Callahan, uh, their nickel corner uh, Isaac Yidiam, had to step up and got absolutely torched. So I think the body language that I was seeing out of the Broncos players towards the end was one of like just pretty much accepting it for what it was. Like um, even yeah. though they were in the game till the very end, the onside kick. I think yeah. it was onside kick or whatever. No. Or was it? What was it? No, they pretty much just. I think I've already compartmentalized most of the game. I don't want to remember it, but uh, it was just very bad body language from the Broncos, and it's also surprising. Um, last week I said that I thought the biggest factor going into this was going to be the pass rush. Because the Raiders' O line wasn't exactly the greatest, mm-hmm. and having Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and Vic Fangio on the other side was just going to be dangerous for him. And they came away with zero sacks. There was no pressure. Yeah, was Derek Carr was getting the ball out of there as soon as it was snapped. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he was like within three seconds. I think I read less, that less. Yeah. It had to have been less. It was man. like two, two point, two point something seconds. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, because Ember, Ember, Dad asked Derek Wolf to like what, like I mean. Don't quote me on this, but it was just like pretty much asking what happened to the pass rush, and there he said that you know, was that he was getting the ball fast, and you know, and then Derek Carr did mention too is that that there was times if he would hold the ball like point something seconds longer, Miller was right there, Von Miller was like right that, around the corner. That was the like obviously me as you know I've been a Broncos fan for a while and I've been used to seeing Von Miller come off the edge. I know you've seen the highlights where it just looks ridiculous, like yeah, yeah, like he's, he's the one snapping the ball and he's gonna mm-hmm. go off, you know. 
So I'm always watching the edges, and every time he would get close to, you know, closing in on Carr or something, the ball was already out. Um, it was just ridiculous, like really credit to Derek Carr. And I know they do that on purpose because obviously, you know, of who's on the other side, Von Miller uh, yeah. can, can completely change the game with the strip sack. Bradley Chubb's no slouch either. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to Derek Carr. The Raiders just look prepared. They look motivated. Um, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward if they're able to keep this momentum. Uh, for the Broncos, obviously, uh, it, it, it's so, it was such an annoying performance because Joe Flacco wasn't bad. He actually, I think I texted you that he looked good. Um, yeah, he looked good, and then he, after that, he'd, like, shit the bed. I think he fumbled, but regardless, he looked good. I mean, he didn't throw a pick. Uh, went no, 21 had, of 31. numbers. Yeah, 268 yards, which is pretty decent. Um, as far as the Broncos' offense, receiver-wise, Cortland Sutton looked great. Uh, caught seven balls for 120 yards. Uh, the running game wasn't exactly great. I don't know. It was just such a weird game. I think someone's getting arrested outside my house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't me. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, man, just a <laughs> just a very very frustrating game for me. Um, it'll be interesting to see these teams play again later on down the season. Yeah, well, um, I think they don't play till is it the end of the season? Yeah, the last I think game it's of the like a, a Christmas game or yeah, I think it might be the last game of the season. I think these teams will be completely different, um, like yeah, most teams we'll are at the end of the season. So we'll see. But the Raiders look good, honestly. Uh, John Gruden might know what he's doing over there. Uh, for the Broncos, I mean, they look like a rookie yeah, head we'll, coach we'll with it. the with the new quarterback. Um, some positives to take away, I guess. Like I said, there's some good players there. But, uh, yeah, man, just to me, it just was a complete domination by the Raiders. They look good on offense, look good on defense. So, um, Oh, one thing to point out, another injury, Luis. I'm surprised you didn't want to bring this one up from this game. Uh, Jonathan uh, Abrams. Yeah, Jonathan Abram. uh, what, did he, what did he tear his labrum or? Yeah, his ro- uh, rotator cuff and labrum. Yeah, so promising rookie who honestly looked pretty good. He was everywhere. Like, wherever the ball was, he was yeah. there. Um, did have a couple penalties. One penalty for sure where you and me were discussing where he pretty much headhunted uh, Royce Freeman right out of bounds. And we were saying how there's no need for that at that mm-hmm. position in the field because the player's already out of bounds. Just push him out. Um, yeah, there's no need to go for the head. Ended up causing a very scary moment um, where Gary on Conley had to be stretchered out. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully he takes away from that and learns from it. But I'm pretty sure, you obviously, Raiders fans, you saw the quote where he said, like, yeah, he felt pain, and instead he just started using his other shoulder. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, when I when I heard that, when I read that, it kind of reminded me of Charles Woodson, because Charles Woodson is second in his second time around with the Raiders. Uh, he had he had an issue with one of his shoulders too, and he went to the saddle and they iced him up, patched him up differently, put his pads back on, and went back out there and started playing. And he he said the same thing that he just started hitting people with his other shoulder and. Ridiculous. Making plays, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure the adrenaline factors in, you know, you're in-game, but, yeah. man, so he's going to miss some time, obviously. Um, are you, do you know the timetable? Yeah, it's the season. Oh, he's go, he's done for the season? Yeah. I mean, they haven't put him on IR yet, but, yeah, it's... It's looking that had, way. Yeah, he had surgery, I think it was today. Yeah, he had surgery today, and he's going to be out for the season. Damn, So they're they're, they're going to, they're calling it a red shirt year for him this year. Yeah. They still I mean, want he, him inside the building, learning the defense yeah. and stuff. But he, he yeah, that's good, unfortunate. Man. Yeah, he yeah, looked good. He was, he was all over the place. And one of the, the things that they were pointing out about the Raiders' defense is that they looked much more faster this year as opposed to last year and the years before. And, you know, Abram, got to credit Abram on that, is that he was all over the place, you know. He made a, really, a lot of key plays. And there's this one one hit he had on uh, one of the receivers. I think it was Sanders or uh, Sutton. Uh, right before halftime, Flacco threw it deep, and you know Abram just ran right down and hit him 
hit the receiver out of bounds. So it was. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw. That. Yeah, I remember that play. I think it might have been Sutton. I'm not sure. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it sucks. To, it sucks to see see. Uh, not just. I mean, I'm not just because he's on my my favorite team, but it's just in general, it sucks to see players who uh, are off to promising promising careers or promising starts, and you know, getting injury. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on. That was the last game. Sorry if we spent a little more time talking about the Broncos and Raiders. It's hard not to. Obviously, we're both fans of uh, each team. Of it's hard our not own to. Team. Yeah. You know, it's hard not to. And I know some of our listeners appreciate it too because they're fans of the Raiders. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. So moving on, Luis. We're actually going to do our predictions for Week Two. You have your sheet there ready. Um, yes. And okay. my coin. <laughs> um, so first game of course uh, we just finished a couple hours ago uh, Bucks and Panthers we both texted each other saying we were both picking the Panthers unanimously uh, and of course they lost so some takeaways from this game I know you didn't watch but the Tampa Bay defense did look good um, Jameis Winston surprisingly looked competent compared to his usual self he threw for 208 yards a touchdown no picks no turnovers 16 to 25 so, I mean, he did what we supposed to do, didn't turn the ball over, didn't, you know, throw interceptions. But on the other side, it's very interesting. Like I said, uh, the Bucks defense managed to, you know, have a good, really good game. They held uh, McCaffrey to, I believe, what was it, 37 yards rushing on 16 carries. So they were able to shut him down. And the craziest thing is Cam Newton threw 51 times. 51? 51 throws. And he only completed 25. Ooh. That's yeah, he completed only 25. You think, and you think the weather delay might have affected him in any way? I don't think not so, baseball. man. He looked... In baseball, the pitchers, like, no, there was a weather delay. No, they, no, no, They no. just changed the pitcher. No, he looked awful, man. Like, he was off. Like, his throws weren't there. Under throwing, How long was the weather delay? Um, I think it was, like, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh. It wasn't too, too long. Uh, but he just looked bad, man. And then it takes me back to what you said about last week where they weren't really running him. So the game's on the line. It's a fourth and goal. I think they have about a yard, maybe half a yard to go to score a touchdown. If they score a touchdown and make the extra point, they win. Um, if they just score the touchdown, tie game overtime. Uh, so usually when you have a six foot five, six foot six quarterback and you need a yard and the dude weighs 250 pounds, he's Cam Newton, you usually just do a quarterback sneak down the middle. So the play they ran, they pretty much put the ball in McCaffrey's hands and Cam Newton wasn't even involved. He's not the one that, re- that, that received the ball. They push him over to the side. McCaffrey pretty much fails to pick up the touchdown or the first down by like the same half yard. So it pretty much begs the question, like what the hell's wrong with Cam Newton that you don't give him a quarterback sneak when you only need half a yard? Yeah. And, and the thing about Cam, you know, if and the fact that he's looked awful. His career. Yeah, Cam's... Cam's the type of that will take those kind of plays for himself and just sneak it in. He, you know, kind of sacrifice his body out there, with the exception of Super Bowl Fifty. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that uh, that, that that happened, and just to see those numbers and how poorly he did. Uh, there's something. Something's got to be up there. I mean, last year he did have. It was a shoulder injury, right? That that took him out. Of, took him out of yeah. the season. Yeah, and, and then there, the and then there's been questions this season too of his health. You know, his overall health and. Um, I actually snuck into the Panthers uh, subreddit over on Reddit, and a lot of guys were already saying, like, yeah, man, we just need to throw this season away and draft Tua next year. And uh, Cam Newton needs to retire. He's no more. Go- he's no good for us anymore. Obviously, these are Panthers fans. They're more in tune with the team. Um, yeah. You know, they read the insider reports. They keep up with games. They watch him week in and week out. And something to them that they're seeing in Cam just doesn't look right. And it just seems like, you know, Cam Newton, like we said, a guy who's been 
uh, had health issues in the past. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, just by looking at him, he looks way smaller. He just looks leaner. Mm-hmm. Um, he does. He, he does. He, we've seen players that try to lose weight, you know, to get more like healthier, pretty much. But in his case, the type of player he is or was, you know, taking a lot of hits. Um, you think he would keep that bulk on, but he does look skinnier. So I'm maybe just he not changed a, diets. Maybe he's a vegan now. And yeah, that's what's happening. He, he's doing that TB12 stuff, and it just—I don't know, man. There's something up there in Carolina. Uh, they start off 0-2, which is surprising. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I saw some statistic during the game that since 1990, it's a very low percentage. I think 12% or even lower of teams that make the playoffs when they start off 0-2. Um, so it's hard to gauge these teams because Tampa Bay also, you know, they, there was a lot of uh, comments made in the media about them because of Jameis Winston and how yeah, he's not he the did, quarter. Yeah, he did good. He did decent in today. He right? did decent. So it's just one of those games where they might have come out motivated. Um, so, again, I'm not ready to say, like, Carolina's done already this season, but it's not looking good. And I'm also not ready to say Tampa Bay's, uh, you know, a decent team in that division. Oh, yeah, yeah, we don't know yet. We just don't know exactly what's going on over there. So, yeah, we both picked Carolina. And, of course, Tampa Bay squeaks out the win. Uh, moving on to the next game we have for the second week of the NFL season, the San Francisco 49ers at the Bengals. This is a very interesting game now because, like we said, uh, 49ers are 1-0. Bengals 0-1, but they put up a really good game um, riding the arm of Andy Dalton. Luis, who are you picking? I have Cincinnati. Yeah, same same here. Uh, any uh, key points you want to drive on that one? Um, or just I based off me, the performance? Yeah, just based off the performance on how the Bengals did against the Seahawks and the 49ers against the Bucks. Um, the Bengals and Seahawks looked like a tougher game, tougher matchup, so... I'm just yeah. going to base off the performance. Yeah, I'm picking the Bengals, too. Um, it's interesting to see how they perform in Week 2 to see if Week 1 was a fluke. Uh, moving on, I think another good game. Uh, Chargers at the Detroit Lions. Who are you picking? I have a feeling you're picking the Chargers. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. the Chargers. Just because, you know, for me, the Detroit, they did get it on a hot start last week, and but just that meltdown they had against the Cardinals is just unacceptable, and you can't get away with that every week, so... This this week going to tough against tougher competition, tougher quarterback in Phillip Rivers and the hot offense the Chargers have going on. It's gonna to be tough for the Lions to keep up. So for me, it's just the Chargers and Phillip Rivers is gonna lead them all the way. All right, uh, I'm taking the Lions in that one. Um, just after, I mean, I have to ride the Lions out at this point. I can't I abandon know. ship. I was say, I'm like, <laughs> you're riding the Lions hard. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think they'll learn from their week one mistakes. Matt Patricia, of course, coming from the Patriots. I'm sure he's all over the details. Um, I still believe in Detroit. Uh, we'll see. So I'm taking the Lions in that one. Chargers at the Lions. We're split on that one. Next mm-hmm. game up. This one's a good game. Damn, I didn't even know this one was happening. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers so early on in the season already. Week two. Uh, Did you not look at this schedule beforehand? No, I told you. I I wanted to come in like super fresh. Like, like, you know, I just wanted to read these. You're fresh, fresh. (laughs) I just wanted to like print this paper out and like look at it as we were picking, you know. So um, who who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, you got to write Minnesota too. Especially after Yeah, I'm writing Minnesota. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then that performance they put up last week is just. And then again, it's against the Falcons. We don't know much about. What's going on there? But Minnesota looked really good. Green Bay played the Bears, which offense wasn't that great. So we'll see how this goes, but I'm riding Minnesota. All right, I'm taking Green Bay um, just because I don't like the Vikings. Yeah, I said it. There's no there's no Ooh. thought process there. I just don't like the Vikings. So Another. Well, you don't like Mike Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Mike Zimmer. So And then also, uh, just uh, one thing to point out, obviously Minnesota has a good defense. 
Um, Green Bay seemingly has a good defense. Like we said, the Bears' offense doesn't look too hot. But either way, good defenses are supposed to do what they did to the Bears, regardless if the offense is good or not. So we have two good defenses, so you know it's going to rely on the offenses. If I have to pick between Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. So, you know. Oof. Yeah, right, we'll see. Yeah, so I'll take Green Bay on that one. We're split on that one. Minnesota at Green Bay. Uh, next game up, Colts at Titans. Ooh, chilly. I'm taking the Titans on this one. Are you? I'm taking the Colts. Ooh, okay. You think they'll they'll finally get over the hump after last week? Yeah, and then I think the Titans, yeah, uh, you know how you said that they're really great and that would be good. I didn't say they're really great. Know. I said they're a good team. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put words in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> well, yeah. But, yeah, the thing about the Titans, when what I've observed for them is they win games that they're not supposed to win. And they'll mm-hmm. lose games they're supposed to win. So they're riding this high, and yeah, maybe they weren't they weren't um, as as sold about about the Browns as everybody else was. You know, maybe Dylan Walker has a point there, but coming off a high victory like that and coming to face a Colts, a team that you know they might not see as strong with that Andrew Luck. Um, I feel like the Colts are getting about surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying they are a good team. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll split on that one. You're taking the Colts. I'm taking the Titans. Uh, Next game, this is probably going to be another lock. And every game where somebody plays against the Dolphins is probably going to be a lock. So, especially this one. Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. I think uh, not much needs to be said here. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially if Antonio Browns plays. Regardless, either way, uh, we're both taking the Patriots. Uh, 63-0. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 That, that sounds about right. All right. Not much to be said there. Patriots over Dolphins. Both of us picking on that one. Um, another game. Uh, next game of Buffalo Bills at the New York Giants. I'm taking the Bills. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Bills. Okay. Yeah. Just that defense. The Bills defense is really good. And um, who knows, man? Part. We might we might get Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, it might be uh, DJ time over there. With the yeah, yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be sooner than later. We in the second half again. Yeah, like so that's before. something to look forward to in the Giants games. But yeah, we're both taking the Bills over the Giants. Uh, next game up, uh, Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this is actually kind of a hard one to pick. Uh, I think I might take the Steelers. Who are you taking? Uh, a tie. What? Are you? You yeah. really want to go? Like, dude, this is gonna count against you. You really want to? Yeah, I know. But yeah, I'm. I'm really bet. I'm really going with the tie on this one. This just. I'm looking at both teams. We didn't see much of the Steelers against the Patriots. You know, it didn't. They didn't look that great. But I don't think the Steelers are that bad. The Seahawks against the Bengals, they looked like they struggled. They pulled off the victory towards the fourth quarter. So there, I mean, there, there's still a lot to be seen from both teams. But just based on performance and you know gut feeling and stuff, I'm like, I'm riding with the tie here. All right. It's happened before, back-to-back weeks with ties. So, all right, yeah. all right. Hey, you're calling it, man. Um, next game up, Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Redskins. I think there's another unanimous one. I think we're both picking yeah, we're going to Cowboys. Cowboys, regardless of Washington's hot start against the Eagles. Um, Dallas just the better team. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Moore is really riding that offense out there. He's making them look really good. We we'll see. To we'll see. He could have plugged me in and made me look good against the Giants. So, we'll uh, see. Maybe not. All right, moving on. Um Arizona Cardinals, oh man, at the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, I don't know why, for the love. I really want to pick the Cardinals right here. Do you really? I really do, and... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm picking the Ravens. I'm picking the Ravens. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm picking the Ravens too. Yeah, I think I mean just the better team. Obviously, they played the Dolphins, so they're gonna look good. But Lamar Jackson looked good. The run game looked good. The defense looked good. And the Cardinals, you know, even though they came back, it just depends, man. If they play all four quarters, how they played that fourth quarter, um, it's gonna be a fun game. I think it's gonna be a fun game regardless. I think um, you know they found something that worked late in that fourth quarter against the Lions in Arizona. So. Uh, but yeah, I'll still take the Ravens. I feel I feel like you have the same sentiments. Yeah, just the Ravens look like complete team. It's my it's the Dolphins. It's hard to judge, but you know, going based off experience from both both quarterbacks and coaches, you know, yeah. Ravens, Ravens all, right. all the way. Arizona Cardinals at Ravens. We're both picking Baltimore. Uh, next up, Jacksonville Jaguars, led by Gardner Minshew now at the Houston Texans. Uh, I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, I mean, too. As much as I want to go with my boy Minshew and, you know, pulling for him, I just, yeah, the Texans look really good against the Saints. Yeah. All right, so we're both picking the Houston Texans over Jacksonville. Uh, next game up. Oh, it's a good game. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders. Come on, Luis. This, this is going to tell me a lot about how serious you are as a, a co-host on this podcast. Who are you picking? Upset, upset alert, whoop, 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 whoop. Nah, I'm playing with the Chiefs. Yep, okay. Um, are you, like, I, I, I'm very surprised by this decision because usually, like you said, you're always the one to hype them up. Uh, so yeah. are you just coming to a realization that, you know, the the Chiefs are just, just that good? Chiefs. Yeah, it's just the Chiefs are that good. And like like we mentioned earlier, the Raiders, you know, they played a really semi-emotional game. There's a lot of emotion there, motivation, and they look good, but... Now it's the second game. It's week two. A much bigger, tougher competition and the uh, Chiefs. So, um, you know, they're still division champs. And we'll see how, how the Raiders do. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a tough game. Tough game for anyone. Yeah. Um, so, Kansas City Chiefs at Oakland Raiders were both surprisingly picking the Chiefs. Next game up. I want to hear you go first on this one because I'm honestly conflicted. And I'm trying not to be biased about the situation just because of how bad Trubisky looked. And Vic Fangio, of course, got to see Trubisky a lot. You know, practiced against him, and he's probably schemed against him now. Um, So we have the Chicago Bears at the Denver Broncos. Who are you picking and why? I am picking the Denver Broncos. Uh, This is going to be a bounce-back game for that that Denver defense. Um, Obviously, that Bears offense is not the Raiders offense. So it's an easier task. Uh, thinking about to confuse Trubisky a little bit more. You know, another thing is that we can't sleep on. You know, it was a week one game for the. For I mean, everybody was a week one game, and week one games were sloppy, and you know, everyone has a hard time. But yeah, if, I think if it's a game to look forward to for the Broncos to bounce back, it's this one. And like you said, um, Nagy. Yeah, head coach for the Had, Bears. Oh crap, uh, Fangio. Oh, okay. <laughs> head coach for the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. I got mixed up here. Um, yeah, Fangio, you said that you mentioned it earlier. He faced uh, that Bears offense every week and practiced, and he he obviously knows the little weaknesses here and there. So he's gonna yeah, use his I think you might have just like solidified my thoughts on it. I didn't want to sound like super biased, but just just like the mistakes that Trubisky was making were like rookie mistakes. It wasn't like. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like when the team gives Tom Brady fits by disguising coverages. Like, this team was just playing simple coverages, and Trubisky was the one making the wrong decisions and, you know, making errant throws 
and that just spells like very like that's just bad that's that's just bad on my side and then for me Denver Broncos even though they you know didn't do that great against the Raiders there was a semblance of an offense there mm-hmm. um, my only worry is that Khalil Mack's absolutely going to destroy that old line oh, but yeah. I'm I'm still taking the Broncos I'm still taking the Broncos just because I said um, usually if I would have read this before week one looking at the schedule I would have obviously picked the Bears but. Uh, I was just that that Bears offense. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. they, if obviously a lot of these coaches are good at making adjustments, and that goes to both head coaches. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'll take the the Broncos. So Chicago Bears at Broncos. We're both picking the Broncos. And it's um, hard. Not, it's hard not to think that Von Miller's going to put the chip on his shoulder. I mean, I'm pretty sure he heard all those critics saying, "Oh, the Broncos, no sacks," and "Where's Von Miller? He, yeah, he, he's non-existent." And that's probably that's going to be like a really Big chip on his shoulder. And he's gonna. I think. I think he's gonna come out tearing up that Bears uh, Bears O line. Two yeah. sacks for Von Miller. I hope so. I hope so. All right, moving on. A uh, very good game early on. Um, New Orleans Saints at L.A. Rams. Oh, damn. No, I'm picking the Saints. Please, who are you taking? No, I'm taking the Rams. Okay. Um, I, I think it's very hard to like pinpoint why we're picking each team just because they're so each so good and they each have their own merit. Is this mm-hmm. uh, more of you going because the Rams are at home or what, what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, it's just not so much Durant's being at home. It's just that offense is a bit more younger. And, you know, when they played this past game, like they played against, uh, Jesus Christ, my memory is leaving me. Uh, but against the Panthers? Yeah, it was a great game, but, you know, Panthers turned over the ball and stuff. And we didn't see much of the Rams' offense as, you know, the explosive offense that we saw last season. And, they have a tough test with the Saints, but I feel like this is a game that they're going to, you know, they're all warmed up, you know, got the, the dust off their shoulders, and Jared Gosson look much more better, and we might see more Todd Gurley. And another thing for me is just uh, Drew Brees and his arm strength. But, I mean, yeah, he's still going to throw out there and, you know, quarterback the team and look yeah. good, but it's it's just a gut feeling for, to me, for okay. me too, to go with the Rams. All right, I'm just going to take the Saints just because I think they're the better team overall, better coached. Um, that's pretty much it. And then I also feel like the the Saints have that chip in their shoulder after getting screwed over uh, mm-hmm. last year in the conference yeah, championship. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so New Orleans Saints at LA Rams were split on that one. Uh, next game, I believe this is the Sunday night game. It's a good game to see how this team, one of these teams bounce back. This is the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Who are you taking? Uh, well, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, same here, man. I don't know. Atlanta's too inconsistent, and this goes back like years. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia, of course, I think they're considered Super Bowl contenders this season. Carson Wentz, if he plays at that MVP level that we know he can play at, um, it's going to be a, t- a tough team to stop. And then Atlanta, like we said, Quinn might be on the hot seat, depending on how this season goes. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just haven't seen anything out of Atlanta. I didn't see much last week that gave me hope uh, yeah. f- for them to turn this ship around. And it's unfortunate because the, the Falcons in that offense, they have a lot of potential, man. That three wide receivers set with Sanu, Ridley, and Julio. And no you know, slouch at running back either. Yeah, I man, Matt Ryan isn't a bad quarterback. He's pretty good. He's above average, but you know, it's you know, it's just like you said, they really t- they're too inconsistent. You know, the defense gets ran all over, and <laughs> the Eagles are. You know, I think the Eagles might be a little bit more better than the Vikings, so it's a tougher matchup for the Falcons this week around. So, yeah, there's just. Not much in the fucking yeah. favor. As we're talking, I'm looking up at all our picks, and it's like, Jesus Christ, all of these are going to be wrong because that's how the NFL works. I'm just so surprised yeah. with how week one went in certain places. Uh, but, yeah, so Philadelphia Eagles at Atlanta. Uh, Falcons were both taking the Eagles. Um, last game, Monday night game, 
Uh, Cleveland Browns and New York Jets. Of course, the Jets are going to be without Sam Darnold for the foreseeable future. Uh, step and steps in. Uh, Your Broncos legend uh, Trevor Simeon, rocking the mullet from the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, and with that, who's the, the picture with that? And then with that uh, New Jersey, the Jets have that looks kind of like a throwback. Yeah, man, I don't know what's going on. I was like, oh no, yeah. baby, what is you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he hasn't found somebody to cut his hair in New York, man. But yeah. uh, no, he's probably got lost on the subway. I'm taking the Browns, and it's not even like because. I don't even know why I'm picking the Browns. I, I, it just uh, makes sense. I picked the Browns too. Man, I'm so tempted to pick it's the Jets you, you, now. It's because you go in there and it's just like, okay, the Jets don't have Sam Darnold. We both know Trevor Simeon. He's not. That's the thing though with Trevor Simeon, man. I've seen the guy throw sometimes for over you don't 300 know, yards. Huh? Yeah, sometimes you just don't know. Yeah, this is a top. Let me borrow your coin just, real quick. All right. <laughs> toss, your, <laughs> toss your coin for me. Heads is going to be Cleveland. Tails is going to be the Jets. Alright, ready? Tells. So the Jets. Okay, I'm picking the Jets. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad pick. It, it could be an upset. We never, we, we just. I mean, there's, a, there's still a lot of questions to be answered, you know, from the Browns. Like those penalties. If they, if they fix up those. There's a lot of mistakes they gotta, they gotta work on first to see the Browns at its full, but. Yeah, and then uh, arguably, we'll arguably. The Jets have a better defense than the Titans did, and they gave Baker Mayfield fits. And then we talked about that old line. I mean, I know the Jets have some injury issues, but it looks like CJ Mosley is going to be a full go. So is Quinn and Williams. They have Leonard Williams there. They have Jamal Adams at safety. So I mean, that's actually a really good defense. I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to see a a low scoring game. Uh, I am thinking. <laughs> I'm like maybe I should because I, I I no lie like I'm not saying this now because of everything you just said, but. Prior to this, I was thinking, I was like, maybe, I was thinking Jets, but at the same time, I was like, no, you know, there's no way Cleveland goes 0-2, and so I, I decided to go with Cleveland. It's but. like, man, Cleveland's gotten 0-16. 0-2 is like a reprieve yeah. for them. So Yeah, that's true. We'll so, see. who are you taking them? The Browns? Nah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking of the Browns. I, right. can't, I can't go back. All right, so the Monday night game, um, Cleveland Browns and New York Jets were split on that one, so it'll be interesting to see how this week plays out. Uh, at least that pretty much brings us to the end of all our coverage. Um, like we did say, we want to apologize everyone for being a little late on this episode. Um, had other things come up, and of course, we're both in school, and homework is awful. Even though on my end, I haven't done any homework at all this week because I've been oh god, yeah, I've been, I've been getting over stressing. Monday night. Uh, Dude, I have a test on Monday and Thursday, so it's a lot of studying I do, and I gotta watch NFL games. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, guys. Like we said, the the recapping of the games honestly is mostly made up of looking to see what people are saying and watching those YouTube highlights, which actually turns out they're like ten to twelve minutes per game. So, <laughs> good lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but we would appreciate all the listeners for listening. And uh, if there's any way you guys could leave us comments on our Instagram or Twitter, you know, follow us and leave comments, any suggestions. Yeah, today. Instagram sideline huddle pod. Don't be afraid to sneak into slide into the DMs. Yeah, please. If there's anything that you guys, you know, would like for us to talk about more or, you know, any different content or if there's something that you guys want us to change up about what we say or just anything, anything that anything helps, you know, we our ears and eyes are open to listening to you guys and uh, any feedback we could get from you guys would appreciate it. Yep. Uh, like I said, guys, you can usually find us where most podcasts are found. Um, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. You can find us on all those spots. 
uh, once again, we still have not been active on social media, just haven't found the time for it. Um, hopefully, we'll pick that up at some point. Uh, if you guys could leave us a review wherever you're listening to us, that'll be great also. Uh, we'll try to be more consistent with this. Hopefully, we'll release next week's episode earlier than we're releasing this one this week. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys for listening. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.